Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. This is your host, Deacon Andrew Brazier. You know, reading the passage of Jesus walking on the water, it always brings to mind, for me at least, Credence Clearwater Revival's song, Walk on the Water. And I don't know if you've ever heard that song or not. It's hauntingly beautiful. The music, the music mimics the pounding of the heart of the disciples standing in the boat as they grasp hold of the side of the boat that's being tossed to and fro by this violent wind and these stormy waves on that night so long ago in the Sea of Galilee. And the lyrics really capture the emotion that I think that I would have had and I would have felt if I had been on that boat on that fateful stormy night with the disciples. Because it captures the fear of watching a man that you don't recognize walking, in the case of the song, on a river, but in the case of the gospel, on the sea. All throughout your mind, you're thinking, is it a ghost, a specter, a phantom, some trick of my eyes or my imagination? The lyrics of the song by CCR begins, couldn't believe with my own eyes, and I swear I'll never leave my home again. I saw a man walking on the water, coming right at me from the other side, calling out my name, Do not be afraid. Feet begin to run, pounding in my brain. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. No, 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 no. I don't want to go. There's something hauntingly chilling and deep about those lyrics, as short as they are and as simple as they are. Imagine the mysterious figure walking towards you in the dead of the night while a storm rages on. He's looking directly at you, and yet you don't recognize this man who's defying everything natural and walking upon the water. As he stares at you, you're bobbing up and down upon the waves, and he's quickly approaching you, moment by moment, minute by minute. And then you hear it, his voice, a voice that you recognize calling forth, saying words that you've heard from this voice time and time again, do not be afraid. Yet everything within you is afraid. He calls forth to you. He calls forth for you to come from the boat and into the waves to meet him. And of course you don't want to go. He's defying gravity. He's expecting you to do the same. And he wants you to join him. It's crazy. It seems surreal. It's illogical, and it goes against every ounce of common sense you have to take your foot off that boat and go into those waves. But there he is, and he's calling upon you, his calling upon you in your life. He calls us to walk out there with him, to be holy just as he is holy. So let's pause for just a moment and look at what's happening here. The Word, the Word of God, who created the heavens and the earth and all that we see around us, who tells us in the book of Job that He spoke to the sea and said, Thus far and no further, here shall your proud waves be stayed. He is the one who walks before the disciples on the water. He is the one who calms the sea that night. 
And when the disciples witnessed Christ walking upon the seas, I have to imagine at least a few of them were thinking back to their days in synagogue when they heard the Psalms being chanted. Such Psalms as Psalm 98. You rule the raging sea, and with its waves rise, you steal them. Or Psalm 107. Some men went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, and their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to their Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and He brought them to their desired haven. That psalm, I was reading over it late last night and added it to the sermon. And it's not one that I'd ever seen before and noticed the correlation between what happens in the gospel with Jesus walking upon the water and what was prophesied by the psalmist in 107. That they cried to their Lord in trouble and He delivers them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. It's fascinating because there's an earlier account we're going to read about in a second from Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus is asleep on the boat and there's a violent storm and the disciples are panicking and they wake up Christ and they wake him up asking, Does, do you want us to perish, Lord? What are you doing napping at a time like this? And he stands up and he stills the water and calms the wind, fulfilling Psalm 107. And then in Psalm 107 verse 30, the way it ends is they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Well, in the account of St. John of the walking of the water, when Christ returns to the boat, or I say return, actually the first time he gets on the boat when he's walking on the water, because he's leaving from the land, walks on the water and comes to the disciples on the boat. And when he, after the account of Peter walking on the water with him for a brief moment of time, gets on that boat, St. John gospel records that they were immediately at the point that they were trying to get to on the other side. And so this verse says, Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. It's a wonderful miracle reading the Old Testament, reading the Psalms, and seeing how Christ is constantly in the Scriptures. No matter if it's old, no matter if it's the Psalms, he is there. And no matter where we are in our lives, he is there. After all, it was the Lord God Almighty who split the Red Sea so Moses and his people could pass through on the dry land. And so what we see in this gospel reading is Jesus commanding the very entity, the sea, that entire pantheon of false idols and false pagan gods represent. Pagan gods such as Yom, Poseidon, Neptune, Nerissus. And where these so-called gods govern and dwell, Jesus walks on top of them when he walks upon the water. He walks triumphantly and during a storm, no less, with waves coming about. He strides upon the waters and he crests the waves without opposition. What other false gods does Jesus trample in our lives today? Our gluttony, perhaps? Our greed? Our selfishness? Our desire and our dependence upon self-indulgence in the flesh? And our addictions, whether it be to alcohol, 
to drugs, to temptation, desires, technology. Our Lord lives, reigns, and rules. And His kingdom reigns over the false gods and the idols that we throw ourselves at and that we make within our own hearts. He is calling us to leave the boat, to leave our comfort, to leave our weak flesh, and to join with Him. He's calling us to leave where we find safety, where we find comfort. Because the boat in our mind, it's not going to sink. But who made that boat? Man did. Who are we going to put our trust in? The one who made us walking upon the water, calling us to come? Or the boat that we made or someone else made with their own hands? Now I mentioned that other, earlier account of Matthew in Matthew chapter 8. And when they're asleep on the boat, or when Jesus is asleep on the boat and the disciples are awake and they're frightened by the storm, and they see what Christ does, rebuking the wind and the waves and calming them both, they have a question. And in this earlier account from St. Matthew, they say, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey Him. That's the question. That's the question we should all have. Because it's the ultimate question. Who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey Him? Because in another passage, when they're discussing the disciples about who Jesus is, they tell Jesus, well, some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. But then Jesus turns around to them and turns the question on them and asks the most important question of our lives and their lives, who do you say that I am? Who is He? Who is this man who controls the seas and the wind? Who is He who can command the power of nature with the very word from His mouth? And now, this is important, this is crucial. The right answer, the accurate answer, the correct answer to this question is all that matters. The answer is the unifying theory of all mankind. The answer is the center of science which we discover day by day. The center to the decisions that we make and the center to existence itself begins with the question of who do you say that I am? And in the account of today's gospel, after Jesus and Peter returned to the boat from walking on the water, the disciples confess, truly you are the Son of God. This is the second time they've witnessed Jesus conquering the wind and the sea. And the first time they had the question of what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? And the second time they confessed, truly you are the Son of God. The Son of the living God who created the wind, formed the waves, etches upon the dry land where the mighty seas shall stop thus far and no further. Now during the reading of the gospel, did you happen to notice St. Peter's response to seeing Christ walking upon the waves? He wants to join Jesus. He wants to join with him. He says, Lord, if it's you, then tell me to come off the boat. And the Lord says, come. Because when you recognize Jesus for who he is, you can become truly like him. Not by your own duty. Not by your own doing. Not by what you put into it. But because Christ has a calling upon you in your life. And Christ says, come. Come. Our Lord says that so often in the Gospels. He tells us to come and to die with Him, to pick up our cross and bear it. 
Now, Peter has a little bit of faith, perhaps a whole magnitude of faith in this moment. Because after all, he's stepping off of a boat into the raging seas. And Peter, recognizing who it is walking across the sea during that storm, hears Christ call out to him, Do not be afraid. When the Lord tells Peter to come with him to walk out on the water, the questions that runs through so many people's minds is, How? How could this have happened? Because the Lord God, the spoken word of God Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, calls him. The Lord empowers him. The Lord is with him. But even after walking out of the boat on faith, Peter still manages to lose that faith. But take comfort. Take comfort. Because the Lord does not allow this to be the end. He doesn't let Peter sink into the water and drown. No, the scripture says Jesus immediately reaches out his hand. And when he does, he takes hold of Peter. And when does he do this? When Peter cries out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. So even in the midst of our trials, even in the midst of losing our faith, our Lord is there. And when we cry out to him, he saves us. It's in his name after all. Did you know that our Lord's name, Jesus, means to deliver, to rescue? And that's what He does for us. And when Peter loses his faith and begins to sink, what does our Lord tell Peter? Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I am certain that Peter would have immediately thought back to the last time that Jesus showed His command of nature. When Jesus rebuked the winds and the storms were there on a boat previously together. And let's read it from Matthew 8, chapter, chapter 8, 23-27. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. So the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and he rebuked the wind and he rebuked the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus told them in that account, Why are you so afraid, O you of little faith? And when Peter hears this a second time from Jesus, when he walks on the water with him, It must have hit home for him and for the other disciples watching closely, peering from that boat, seeing what's happening. As they realize exactly what sort of man this is. Because as St. Paul tells us in Colossians, he's the image of the invisible God. For by him all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things are created through him and for him. Christ is the mirror, the icon, reflecting the image, the face of God the Father, the nature of who God the Father is. If we want to know who God the Father is, we look to God the Son. Because the Son of God does not fall far from the tree, my friend. We can't look at God the Father, not ourselves, not in our current state of affairs, our sinfulness, without being consumed by His divine fire and light. But we can become mirror images of God the Son, reflecting the light 
from God the Father. Each and every one of us are called by God's Son to come. Come from the boat. Come from our comforts. To walk towards Him. And when you inevitably fall, He will not let you sink. Save me, Lord. And He reaches out immediately and takes hold of you. But He has called us. And the Lord walking on the storm waters of this life is calling us to take a step of faith and to walk on the stormy seawater. Will you heed the call that He's placed upon you? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, one God. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.